0: everybody welcome to the first ever episode of the curly mustache podcast i'm steven i'm joel and we're here to talk about villains each week we're going to take one real life villain and one fictional villain break them down talk about their histories their connections with one another and whether we think they are redeemable in our eyes with our fancy uh Bowler hat scale,
1: which I like. Um, I, I love that we get to talk about their feelings, their hopes, their <laughs> dreams, their aspirations, what their astrological like sign is.
0: I feel like when you say <laughs> talk about their hopes and their fears and their aspirations, you have to say that in a Macho Man, Randy Savage voice. Yeah, I have to talk about their hopes their their fears. No, but uh, cream rises
1: started, to the top.
0: Before we get started, I just want to issue a huge preemptive thank you to anyone that's giving us a listen. Uh, we hope this is a great first episode, and hopefully, you're part of something that can become a lot of fun for us and uh, truly special. To kick this off, we're going to, into detail about two truly despicable scumdags. Joel, why don't you tell our listeners about the nasty sons of bitches we're dealing with this week?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be taking a look. At the most enduring figure of true crime mysteries in the 20th century, your friend and mine, lover of puppies, kittens, and uteruses, Jack the Hmm. Ripper.
0: Uteruses is the plural of uterus,
1: right? No, it's uteri. No, it isn't. Uteri is a flock of uteruses, (laughs) a herd. A herd of uteruses. And of course, brought to you by the brilliant mind of Robert Louis Stevenson, author of Treasure Island and other childhood favorite stories. We are going to be taking a look at Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde.
0: So, who do you want to start with?
1: I always like to start with the truth first, so let's go with everyone's personal favorite, Jack the Ripper. Everyone's personal favorite. (laughs) Everyone, name one true crime fan who is not, who Jack the Ripper is not at the top of their
0: list. I don't really know that many true crime fans, but uh, I guess my wife is maybe one, so I'll ask her later. But uh, anyway, Jack the Ripper, of course, famous for the 1888 murders of arguably five or more women, probably just the five, but there's a lot of speculation there uh, in the Whitechapel District of London.
1: That's right, Jack the Ripper, who was voted in 2006 as the worst Briton in history by the readers (laughs) of the BBC History magazine, the man who beat out Oswald Mosley, the founder of Buff, the British Union of Fascists.
0: And also, Benedict Cumberbatch, who looks like a sock.
1: He looks like if an otter ejaculated into a sock.
0: Does he look like the otter or the sock, though? Both. Okay, okay, that's strange. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> these murders took place between August and November of 1888. Of course, they were, the big thing about Jack the Ripper is these were extremely violent crimes. Uh, it was a pattern of... It was one of the first serial killers in history, really. Yeah, he was one of the
1: first. Uh, I would call him celebrity serial killer. You had yeah. yours before, like uh, we'll go with Peter Curtin, the Vampire of Dusseldorf. You mm-hmm. had uh, serial killers beforehand, but really Jack brought. He's
0: he's like the 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 first Facebook murderer. <laughs> I'll take. I'll accept it. I like it. There were several more murders. There was, I think, there was up to a dozen around the time, but only five really matched the description of who they thought jack the ripper was like they there were organs missing uh, throats cut uh, bodies were completely mutilated and there was some thought that these other killings were maybe even a copycat but uh or unrelated at all but who knows yeah jack those we're gonna refer to uh today as the canonical
1: five the canonical five really are one of the first times that we see in modern forensic science showing uh the the MO, a serial killer's pattern, and the stages of progression that what we know now serial killers go through, but Jack was the first one documented that we really see it go from zero to holy shit. To 11. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was nuts. And, and that's the kind of organs we're talking about. That were removed here. Kidneys, liver, uterus, and then, of course, the famous... Hurt. cut that Jack loved to uh, impose on his... Uh, all female victims, by the way. I don't think we mentioned that. Yes, these
1: were all how to... Uh, ladies of the night. That's a good way to put it. <clears throat> and not your classy ones back in... No, no. These ladies are from the east end of Whitechapel. And to better understand Jack and his crimes, Let I think we need to discuss where exactly they were committed which could, I would say, best be described as an utter shithole.
0: There's a lot of theories out there that when you have serial killers and uh, people that do violent crimes, you know, environment has a lot to do with it. So if Jack the Ripper was indeed from uh, the Whitechapel District, like, it would not surprise me at all that he was a total product of his environment. To say the least, Whitechapel District was basically one step away from uh, the bring-out-your-dead guy from Monty Python and the Holy Grail.
1: Exactly. A Mumbai playground. Imagine, if you will, 70% of the population living in poverty, 70,000 people in a less than a mile and a half diameter, just stacked on top of each other. The mortality rate of kids being one out of every three died before their 10th birthday. Uh, rampant racism. Everyone who thought they thought was Jack looked European, which was code for Jew. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, It's that kind of landscape where Jack's murders took place, and it shocked those people. In a world where the the general vibe for life itself was, fuck it, and the people who were murdered less than human by the powers that be and the public in general, it really lets you know exactly how bad and how out of left field
0: this kind of murder was. Even a murder like this would be shocking to the destitute (laughs) you know there was a lot of speculation around like who actually did the murders you know because of course you know jack the ripper was never caught officially for those crimes but you know we know that whoever it was had a knowledge of female anatomy of course because you know there wasn't the internet back then like if you knew about this stuff it was because you were either doing some heavy research on it uh, some heavy trial and error on it or you were you were like going to school for it basically like this was your profession so a lot of people think that it could have been a doctor um could have been a butcher uh, a surgeon um or even uh all of the above
1: i, I didn't know if you were done or not <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no sorry um, uh, the first actual suspect of jack for jack the ripper was a butcher and no one really knows his name he just went by the title of leather apron oh okay so, th- so they actually knew this guy? Yeah, they knew that the first suspect, the first official suspect, was a guy by the name of Leather Apron, whom everyone said looked European, so thus he couldn't be trusted. <laughs> and basically he just walked around with a bloody leather apron, knives on his side, and was uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs.
0: Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, Mr. Apron, are you Jack the Killer? No. I'm not Jack the Ripper. I've got to get me prostitute now. No more English accents, Joel. We're we're nipping this in the bud in the beginning. No, we're not.
1: No, we're not. No. (laughs) I am an actor, and you cannot stop me from expressing my art, sir.
0: Oh, you're an actor. Do I know any of your work?
1: Yes, it's called uh, My Entire Life Pretending I'm Heterosexual.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've seen that one. I'll have to... Red box (laughs) it. Also, you know, there's speculation that Jack was someone that was wealthy and um, was somebody that could lure uh, prostitutes or women of the night, as you said, uh, with gold or money or, you know, promises of better life. And probably somebody that wasn't from the area and wasn't really as recognizable because, you know, even though there's that many people crammed into one spot, uh, you do get to know your neighbors and the people that you're seeing Every day, especially when mostly you're just see this is
1: where you and I are going to have streets. to disagree a little bit because there's a common misconception of Victorian England, Victorian by the Victoria by the gaslight, and the thing is is that the East End, what of Whitechapel, nothing. Once it got dark, there was no lights other than what was in the houses, what was coming through windows, so. It would, in my opinion, have to be a local because he would have to know where to take the bodies, do the work, where to do the work to be quiet, to, to get away with it in the dark. A hundred
0: percent pitch black dark. But also, wasn't Whitechapel kind of like a, uh, almost like a port, like you could, there was there was lots of through traffic.
1: There was a lot of through traffic, yes, but those lights that were on the east end pretty much located to the port and around the main business uh, for thorough thoroughfare, which if you look at the murders, a lot of them took place outside of basically the, the ring of light, ring of Fire, I, however you want to put it.
0: And, you know, being uh, being a local kind of lends credence to, uh, you know, some people think that it was another prostitute that was kind of eliminating her competition. That's a, wow. I had never really heard that
1: until you brought it up. But that's, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a fucked up way to get rid of your competition. <laughs> well, in Whitechapel, is it though? Yeah. Yeah. These, yes. Yes, it
0: is. <laughs> All right. so yeah, uh, also Jack the River was a super uh, troll because he liked to mail organs to the police and letters. there was, there was several that came after the initial one that was uh, looked at as that were looked at as hoaxes, but I think only one letter actually said Jack in it, right? Yes, there are actually two letters that they can't quite tell
1: if they're fake or not. The other ones were actually proven to be fake. By the uh, authors who were, of course, uh, reporters at the Daily Mail. Once again, mm-hmm. Britain's uh, journalistic integrity shining through even back then. But uh, for example, the death of the third of the Canonical Five, which was Elizabeth Stride, or Long Liz, as they called her, because she was five foot four, and that was considered a giant ass woman back then.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, she actually had part of her ears cut off because her face was slashed so bad the letter that he got that they received the next day was i clipped the ears of one of them and that information hadn't been released to the papers yet that was the one that was called that was the one that signed jack the ripper and the other one is uh the from hell letter which he described the double event which was the murder of of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes. Both those murders took place in uh, one night, and he mentioned the double event before it was brought to the attention of the papers,
0: and it was sent with a with a kidney. A present. Yes, a little present. <laughs> Which uh, sat in a reporter's desk for a long time, right? Two days. Two days. Two Human days. kidney, okay. just sitting in his desk. I...
1: I I suppose I should take this in to get it checked. It took two people. I had to reread this. It took his boss and his friend to convince the reporter, maybe you should take that to a doctor and have them check it out.
0: (laughs) Well, also, like, I get mad when my coworkers put, like, food in their desks and I can smell (laughs) it. British, strong constitution,
1: great immunity to smell. Don't give a fuck about kidneys in cloth, in, in in drawers. What? Oh, did you did you hear about Billy's got a kidney in his his, his drawer? That's ah, fine. I've got a liver in mine. Fuck it. Who am I to pass judgment? Oh man, you gotta stop. You have to stop this. I cannot. There is a there's a redhead in Bridlington right now whose left eye is twitching with rage, and I'm loving just knowing it.
0: Well, speaking of trolling, yeah, there was uh, some. Some hoax letters that came after the initial Jack letters, and that was like almost like 1800s, like Facebook trolling. It's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm Jack. No, I'm Jack. Uh, I'm Jack. Like, why do people do this shit?
1: And, and the funny thing is, is that what we see now with the news being, you know, uh, fake news as it's put on Facebook, what we're seeing is just another cycle. These things come in cycles. This shit took place. In 1888, with the Daily Mail, where they would have people write up fake articles, just uh, blow it all way bigger than it actually was, and it was pretty fucked up to begin with. So, the reason is,
0: I don't know why. I yeah, not a fucking clue. And, and honestly, like you said, uh, you, there's a lot of media blame here because as as when we get to Jekyll and Hyde, like. There's a connection between Jekyll and Hyde, and there's a lot of escalation that the media provided for that. But uh, but yeah, like we said, the, the trolling was just so confusing to the police that honestly, like after all is said and done, the police commissioner of London like just flat out resigned because he couldn't catch the guy. There's not only is there not enough evidence to to like decipher who this is, but everyone is purposely making this harder. Yeah, I, I,
1: up until then, that was the I think the first time that we see in modern history, modern time in the 20th century where everyone wanted their 15 minutes of fame and they latched on to a celebrity to try and find it for some fucking reason.
0: I guess. Now it's like you do that and the FBI is like fucking busting down your door and dragging your ass to jail and then arresting you even if you're not the guy. You're like, oh, well, you claim to be and uh, you're a public nuisance, so you're going to jail too. I don't know if that happened then. If, even if they found out it was a hoax, I don't think they probably arrested them then. They if
1: if you were a Jew, them. yes. I'm not <laughs> even joking. I'm not. The problem is, and I mentioned the Jew aspect, is because the racial tensions in Whitechapel were so incredibly high. I've done a little bit more research. Just the uptick in lynchings. In the 1888, during the Jack the Ripper attacks, the amount of anti-Semitic lynchings that took place as a result of Jack and the letters and and, and the graffiti he left on the wall outside of some of his murders went through the roof that the police did pretty much everything they could to stop a race war. And what they could do was Arrest as many Jews and get them off the street as quick as possible. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned this. uh, I don't think I had mentioned this to you before, but Jack had actually, on the fourth murder, Catherine Eddowes, he had actually cut off a piece of her dress and left it nearby the body, but written on the wall was a little bit of graffiti that said, the Jews are the ones who will not be blamed for nothing, which is... Some half-assed Cockney doublespeak I have yet to understand. But basically, that was at the point
0: where it was about to pop off in Whitechapel. Let's talk about the suspects a little bit. Of course, we can't talk about them all because there were more than 100 suspects named by the police, which is fucking insane. It was like a conga line going out of the, the police station. (laughs) <laughs> to come check out who Jack the Ripper was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just get this mental image of a bunch of Victorian destitute covered in lice and dirty rags people doing a conga line through the police station just going like, on, oh, are you the killer?
0: No. Carry on. Are you the killer? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so let's talk about some of the more famous theories out there. Uh, the first one being Victorian painter Walter Sickert. Oh, good old Walter Sickert. Walter, as it turns out, was a good friend to the royal
1: family and actually caretaker to Prince Albert. Not not the dick piercing, though. The other Prince Albert. No, he loved getting pierced by the dick, apparently. Because, and, and that that's actually, he was, in the words of his father a raging Nancy. Mm. And I I don't mean that to be disrespectful in any way. It's just that's literally the words he used and why he lived in the east end of Whitechapel, because his Mm. family wanted him out. Walter Sickert pretty much has been ruled out as a reasonable suspect, given his age. And mental capacity, essentially. Uh, Sickert's mental capacity was fine. He was a... He was really good. It was Prince Albert who was uh, often considered in the circles that have the Illuminati, Freemason, Royal Connection conspiracy, which, oh, if you give me five minutes, I'm going to paint you a picture. But Prince Albert was often considered a suspect because it was rumored that he had married, actually, he had actually... Fathered a child with Mary Ann Nichols, the first victim, who was a Catholic, and England being historically Protestant, and they had had a they had actually been married, so they had had an, a uh, basically a a new heir to the throne, and that was that's that's considered one of the more popular suspects. Uh, downside to that theory is he was severely mentally disabled uh, had syphilis which had begun to affect his cognitive reasoning ah, this makes me laugh so much he had such a long neck not
0: <laughs> that boy neck longer yep. than a mother
1: <laughs> his head his neck was so long that he couldn't hold up his head properly at sometimes like he literally had to have, a like, a stick underneath his collar on the back of his neck. So
0: it's probably safe to assume that he probably wasn't doing surgical procedures on women in pitch-black alleys. No,
1: but I, I do love the idea of a weak-necked, giant-head, mentally-challenged bisexual member of the royal family just going like, Air oh, goodness gracious, bring me the uterus. I wish to play with it. Woo-hoo. is this what all
0: the dandies are all about? I don't see what the big deal is. Woo-hoo-hoo. Swinging his fucking neck around? Another one itch is H.H. Uh, Holmes. Uh, there's some conflicting messages with whether or not he was in the country at the time. Uh, it was one of those things where the Holmes murders had stopped in America, and then the Ripper murders had started in London. And uh, one of those things where it's like... Eh, I have never seen Batman and Bruce Wayne in the same place at the same time, so... I hear ya, but problem is... I know we're gonna go a little deep here.
1: Um, Serial killers, on average, are either a product killer or a process killer. More often than not, they're one of the two. Yes, you have your killers that like both of them. You got your Bundy, which was a, a process killer it it he takes uh his he get his rocks get off with the act of the violence and the kill drawing it out as long as possible product killers are they want the death to be over super quick so they can get to the fun stuff bundy was a little bit of both he liked to torture and he liked to uh well fuck them once they were dead the old fuck death yeah but the problem is is that i don't think there's ever been one a serial killer where we've seen them flip from process to product. Because H.H. Holmes was a process killer. He loved to kill in unique and extravagant ways. He loved the process. He loved watching them die. Whereas Jack was very much, get done as quick as we can, kill them as quick as we can, so we can get into playing that uh, uterus like an accordion. Yeah,
0: I mean, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I think that's just more of a theory of people that want it to be true more than a theory of it's just true.
1: I kind of really want it to be true. There's so many conspiracies. I want the Illuminati conspiracy to be true. (laughs) That this whole ritual murder, that these five murders were done by a member of the Freemasons and the Illuminati to commit a giant magical act that was meant to condemn and hold women down at the beginning of the new century and bring on the new aeon of men in charge. Continue <laughs> it. That this was all one big, giant, magical ceremony. I want that to be true.
0: <laughs>
1: it's not. I used to wonder why I'm single all the time, and now it's information like that which kind of explains That's it. funny because
0: I never really wondered why you're single. <laughs> We're going to move on to uh, Sir William Gill, who was a uh, physician in the area who had a lot of knowledge of anatomy. And uh, once again, you know, these were surgical uh, maneuvers. Like, not a lot of men at this time, I think, knew exactly how to take out a a uterus. In in the the dark. dark. In the dark, right. The death of
1: uh, Long Liz and Catherine Eddowes between the first cry of Oh murder to when she was found and had throat cut, uh vivisection, intestines over the left shoulder, certain the again, uterus removed. That was fifteen minutes. The only longest one was uh Mary Jane Kelly, uh, the the last Ripper victim, and that's because he had a room with a locked door to be able to work with. Right, right. But uh the doctor is actually part of the uh, the Illuminati uh, <laughs> conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy I just told you about. His age and, uh, if memory serves me correct, he had actually suffered a stroke. I'm not entirely sure that could actually just be from the movie From Hell. I don't want to give false information, but I think it was due to his age, and he had a he was he had a palsy in his left hand which means he had a shake and whatnot that that kind of eliminated him yeah. the most the one that i feel personally is the best suspect for uh Jack the Ripper is actually Mary Jane Kelly's boyfriend a longtime resident of Whitechapel it's claimed and I'll definitely give you some information to read on the Facebook page of where to look this up, but it's kind of along the same lines as the Zodiac Killer, the Mm -hmm. theory that all the murders that he committed were in service to hide one particular murder, and that the death of Mary Jane Kelly was kind of in, it goes in line with your average serial killer uh mo which is start and then you progress to what is known as the Berserker stage and mm. Mary Jane Kelly her death um Picasso like in uh in 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 style Jackson Pollock like if Jackson Pollock liked to remove breasts and put them underneath her head like a titty pillow yes. <laughs> jesus jesus billy mays here for the titty pillow have you ever been away from home and thought i want to feel like i'm back home again titty pillows brought
0: to you by my friend jack here (laughs) yeah exactly yeah uh and it's kind of it's not really the only connection that he has with the zodiac killer because the zodiac killings just kind of stopped which is kind of uh it's not really typical of a serial killer. Like, they'll, they'll take breaks sometimes, but typically you just don't see him stop. And that's what happened with the Ripper murders, is that it was just nothing after these happened. And, you know, there's speculation that um, he probably either uh, died of natural causes or was beaten to fucking death in Whitechapel, because that's what happened there. Or uh, he fucking tripped and hit his head on a rock and fell into the river. You know? Who the fuck knows? It's... it's Kind of infuriating. Like, stories like that make me really mad, where there's no closure to them. And I'm just like, well, this is bullshit.
1: (laughs) What makes me mad is that every two or three years, there's a new break in the case in which someone's like, oh no, we now have, we now know who Jack the Ripper is. And then you get real fucking excited about it, and then it turns out to be fucking fake. Like that famous (laughs) Jack the Ripper, the diary of Jack the Ripper. I read maybe three pages of that and was like, this is horseshit.
0: <laughs> now, something was released recently from uh, IFL Science that they narrowed it down um, with DNA, like recently, I'm talking like in the last week, narrowed it down to uh, just a handful of people of Polish descent that were suspects. They don't have it nailed down to like the person, but, and that's another one. is like, oh, big breakthrough in the Jack the Ripper case. And then it's like, Really, the big breakthrough is that we've narrowed it down to 25 people rather than 100, which I guess, you know, is kind of a breakthrough. But uh, either way, who the fuck knows what happened to this guy or who he was. That's kind of one of those things. You know how when
1: you get like, they, you know, it's like, if you could have three wishes or if you collect all the Dragon Balls, what would your wish be? I would have a real hard time not asking, who the fuck was Jack the Ripper? <laughs> What, who the fuck
0: was? Who was he, Kazam? Tell me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey now, I can throw a free throw, but I can't answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an
0: actor. I'm sorry, that's a terrible shack. That's <laughs> terrible. I'm gonna cut it. But uh, no, please uh, no, please don't. No, please, please don't, sir. What was I gonna? Yeah, the
1: what the story you're talking about was kind of interesting because I didn't realize that there is a small market for Jack the Ripper memorabilia. And where they got the uh, DNA testing from was from the uh, piece of... Uh, what's the word i the Dress. The dress that I had mentioned for the death in... Uh, was it Catherine Eddowes or Long Liz? One of those two. But a private collector had actually bought it and they finally got permission from him to take DNA samples from it. How disgusting. <laughs> just scraping. Oh, oh, I've made myself sick. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, like we were talking about, it's it's so muddy now because of all of the um, ridiculous pop culture surrounding Jack the Ripper. There's been over a hundred movies made about his character with a billion different stories that some are true, some are not true. They take their liberties, and it's like, at this point, your brain is just so full of shit that you're like, I don't even know what the fuck to think. All I know... Is that it was the Illuminati. The Illuminati.
1: God damn it, you stole my joke. I had a whole fucking good one lined up.
0: You ginger bastard, you. All right, so let's move on to uh, Jekyll and Hyde. you good with that? Actually, one question for you before we go on. Favorite pop culture showing of Jack the Ripper. Oh, geez. Uh, I'm not really that familiar with many of them. Like, the only one I can really think of off the top of my head is From Hell. So maybe I have to go with that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I found in an old
1: movie uh, rental place in town here about, I think I was 18, so it's good 20 years ago, it, Tom Savini starred in a low-budget Jack the Ripper Returns, where Tom Savini put on a really bad british accent i think it was thompson but he
0: came back and was jack the
1: ripper in modern day times Hmm,
0: that's really weird i guess i really like the motorhead song jack the ripper does that count yes that works. just (laughs) lemmy is god so thus we are allowed to use it (laughs) all right so uh now we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, their first appearance in, of course, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, written by Robert Louis Stevenson, who, of course, was famous for writing Treasure Island. And um, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde um, was written in 1886, two years before the Ripper murders happened. Of course, the story is about split personalities. Dr. Jekyll, you know, tries to contain inner urges by taking a serum, but it backfires, occasionally turns them into this monstrous... Crazy man, uh, Mr. Hyde, who has no compassion or remorse. As said in the book, he gives into lustful nature and he's evil. So I'm gonna go ahead and chalk that up to he murders and rapes at night. It's not specifically said that's what he does, but you know, you can assume that ev- or giving into evil and lustful nature, that's really what he's doing. Well,
1: then again, this is Victorian England and uh, a woman's desire to have an orgasm was considered female hysteria. So, when you say evil and lustful thoughts, it could literally be just Robert Louis Stevenson attempting to work out some of his, like, real vanilla kinks. He's just like, Sometimes I like to lick toes. I need to, I need to write a book about getting rid of these evil
0: thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But... I- with, with the way Hyde, normally I would agree with that if we didn't already have, like, some information about Mr. Hyde, like, straight up murdering someone, or in this book. Right? Yeah, okay, you know what, if you want to be fucking logical about it, I... <laughs> so, uh, you know, of course, Mr. Hyde murdered um, Sir Danvers Carew without reason, Jekyll's other friend... Uh, I don't remember his name, but uh, his other friend dies of shock when he actually, like, witnesses Dr. Jekyll turning into Mr. Hyde. Which I feel like you should fucking prepare your friend for, by the way. Like, like, come on. Don't just walk into a room and be like, hey dude, watch this shit. (laughs) And then chug whatever the fuck, some kind of neon liquid or whatever it's described as. And then, of course, he turns into this monster. Like, I would probably die of shock as well, but... So just prep, just give me a heads up, man. Just like- I'm going to need you to take
1: five minutes, explain to me what you're doing, show me a flow chart, you know, give me a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation as to what the fuck I'm supposed to see, because if I all of a sudden see my friend drink some ecto-cooler, high-C ecto-cooler, and suddenly pieces of his skin start to slough off, and one limb grows longer to the other, and he gays into the... Give me a toe so I can lick him. I think you as a friend, I don't think Hyde murdered him. I think Jekyll fucking murdered him. <laughs>
0: that's a, Jek- that's
1: Jekyll, what was, <laughs> Jekyll was an asshole.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> he's not wrong, but he's an asshole. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so of course, after this stuff happens, he, uh, Dr. Jekyll kills himself because he doesn't want... The Hyde personality to take over uh, while he's sleeping permanently, essentially. So he just does a job. So basically, responsible for the death of four people, if you count Jekyll and Hyde as separate people, which I guess you kind of have to. Yeah, you kind of have to because
1: that was the whole point to his serum was to c- c- to completely and utterly remove the darker half of his nature into another out of himself and possibly into another entity. So. Yeah, it's a bit like Basket Case. <laughs> deep, deep deep, cut for you movie fans out there. <laughs> a great
0: movie, by the
1: way. <laughs> I I don't want to do this podcast
0: with you anymore after that statement. <laughs> uh, so now that we've talked a little bit about Jekyll and Hyde, uh, there are some, some interesting connections between uh, Jekyll and Hyde and Jack the Ripper. Uh, the biggest one being that, uh, like I said, the book was written in 1886, but a really famous play version of it was actually playing, it premiered in the Whitechapel District two days before the Ripper murders started. And the actor that played Jekyll and Hyde, uh, his name was Robert Mansfield, I believe, he was so convincing as being a monstrous man that like, speculation just broke out in the entire Whitechapel District that this guy, this actor, was the one that was committing the Ripper murders. And as far as that theory goes,
1: I could actually see that being a plausible one. Not that the actor committed the murder, but that the killer was influenced by the play. Because from what I've were i read, it was incredibly successful on opening night. Like, everybody was talking about it.
0: Well, and it played there for uh, a couple weeks, I believe. Or at least a few nights. And that's a theory that has to do with uh, the Jekyll and Hyde part of it, is that They think maybe it was somebody that went to this play and was inspired by the character of Jekyll and Hyde. Like somebody that uh, could be normal during the day and be somebody that anybody would want to talk to. And then at night, you know, had the freedom to turn into this monstrous being and just kill people. You know, in, in a culture where mental illness is completely
1: not a thing that they care about, may or may not be raging schizophrenic, and have the later stages of syphilis, which was going through there... Like a fire in a Vietnamese village. A little, a little harsh. <laughs> a little harsh, but I think incredibly accurate given the time frame. No. Okay, I'm not proud of it. Not every joke's going to stick and land. The audience is going to learn to love me. You can't,
0: just, you can't force people to love you, Joel. You can't just cut out their uteruses until they love you, Joel. <laughs> I believe my failed marriage shows that you just can't force people to love you. Are you crying right now? A little You're bit. Crying.
1: No, but that actually does make a lot of sense. That someone who with uh, mental instability and the external factors of having syphilis, which was, and I I know I made that bad analogy, but it was incredibly prolific in that part of the the the, the, the country. Mm. Uh, it would make sense that they would attach themselves to that because there's also something in Syracuse do called disassociation, which. A lot of them will say they enter this fugue state. Or this is where they don't actually remember doing it, or mm-hmm. they just they look at it from a third person point of view. Jeffrey Dahmer uh, did that a lot, but that was also from the help of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So that would
0: that 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 theory. I like that theory. Yeah, I like it a lot too. Um, not that I don't believe it, but I don't like that this is a part of it. Is that the media just ran with this storyline? Like they essentially were calling Jack the Ripper, Mr. Hyde. They were scaring people in Whitechapel. They were, they were pumping newspapers out left and right saying, beware. And, you know, it could have been part of, part of the scheme to kind of clean up the neighborhood and keep prostitutes off the street and keep uh, uh, dealers out off the street, keep murders off the street and stuff. But, you know, are you trying to tell me that the powers that be (laughs) and the media would
1: work together in a fear-like <laughs> tactic to make money and push certain agendas onto the public, that's
0: fucking crazy I'm sorry, I'm talk. We'll and I'll the, not hear we'll, it, sir. We'll stop the podcast. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you know, like I'm saying, like obviously these acts were looked down on in uh, in this area. So it, once again, it was probably it probably did have a lot to do with a with a political push to clean up the streets, essentially. A little side note on that, which just, it makes me laugh, is
1: that Whitechapel used to have a shit ton of brothels, and it was pretty safe for prostitutes then, but a couple years before the Jack the Ripper murder started, some guy from the West End of Whitechapel, some rich uh, preacher, felt that uh, the world, that, uh, that the ills of society were from the prostitutes on the East End, and he made this huge push with politicians and law and the law enforcement to get rid of the brothels and they did and his whole thought was once brothels are gone the prostitutes will disappear and instead and i don't mean this to be crude but they fucking in the streets now and that actually that the concept of trying to clean up the streets gave jack the ripper just the perfect
0: killing ground yeah yeah I am chock full of useless information. The whole theory behind them trying to clean up the streets is really interesting as well, because really, like we said earlier, this is like the first time that a serial killer name was used even either as Jack the Ripper or as Mr. Hyde, as a lot of newspapers called him. This is really the first time there was like a, a, a scary serial killer name ever used in any kind of media. So, I mean, they were fear-mongering. Yeah, and I, I have to say Jack the Ripper's
1: kind of He's kind of top of it. He's like the OG and the best name. Yeah, you got your, you know, the Night Stalker, the Golden Gate Strangler. But Jack the Ripper, short, sweet, to the point. Branding is on fucking point.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, what have we come to here? What kind of bowler hats are we giving these guys? And uh, our bowler hat scale is just... We'll say out of ten. How about that? One out of ten. One being a cute fuzzy puppy that might nip at your heel. And by nip at your heel you mean like some <laughs> some robbery, some some plane hijacking, you know, some
1: No no, <laughs> kind of the, no literally just a little puppy nipping. That's how low on the the, the evil scale it is. And mm-hmm. then ten mm-hmm. being Jack Pum- the ripper. <laughs> Yeah, Jack. Jack definitely, <laughs> for me personally, Jack definitely is nine, not quite a ten, because mm-hmm. he only has five that we can confirm for him. So I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna say he gets an eight.
0: I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna change it from
1: nine to eight. I'm gonna say he gets an eight. i
0: okay. I agree with that. I put him around there as well nice uh, Jekyll and Hyde I you know I think that you and I disagreed a little bit on this I think you had him a little higher than I would just because of the fact that there is obviously some mental health issues here and uh, the side of Jekyll was actively trying to be good like he uh, it'd be one thing if he just like constantly gave in to these urges but the, the Jekyll side of him was actively actively trying to get be good and uh, I mean he killed himself to stop the evil that was Mr. Hyde. Yeah. So,
1: like, so we, after
0: after all the rape and after <laughs>
1: after two of his friends are fucking dead, after all the rape after all the
0: toe licking. Uh, then he kills himself. To be fair, in the books, like he doesn't really know what the hell's going on until like he hears about what happened. I think he's full of shit. I think <laughs> I think you pretty much listen if you are drinking
1: weird concoctions, and then you wake up the next day missing time and weird shit has gone down in town here, I'm not the quickest of cats on the best of days, but even I might be able to put one and one together. And if he's Mr. Highly Educated, no excuse.
0: I think you mean Mr. Hyde.
1: God damn ed- your fucking puns.
0: <laughs> damn, I don't have a little uh, drum... I don't have a little drum set here, like uh, we do on NPM. So oh, we'll God. have to add that in.
1: <laughs> I should have fucking seen that one coming, too. What's your rating? Oh, okay. So I'm going to put him at about a four. I, I, I can definitely agree with that. I'm going to give him a five. Okay, so you're going up a little more. I'm going to give him a five because it's technically 50-50. You know what I mean? Of two people, five out, you know, 50% of a person, five is kind of the highest you can get. Don't. Don't check that math. Just run with it.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and wrap things up here on our first episode. I feel good about <laughs> it. You feel good? You feel good? Well, that's good. We hope our uh, listeners feel good about it, too. I'd just like to tell you guys, we would absolutely love to hear your feedback. Like, good or bad, uh, hit us up on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter. Our handle is the Curly Mustache. Uh, we have all those platforms right now. Anything you would like to address on the show, we'll do so at the end of the episode. You know, we'll share your feedback. With our listeners, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Anything at all, though, like if there's sound quality issues, if there's content issues, if uh, well, if you if you're mad about our jokes, we don't really give a shit. But uh, we'll try and be a little courteous. <laughs> you know, anything that you can provide for us uh, is helpful. It's is helpful for us, um, especially when it comes to um, reviews, when it comes to subscriptions, when it comes to follows. You know, you can find us on iTunes, you can find us on Spotify. Just anything you can do to help us out, we will greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. We we've we say we hate it
1: and we will talk shit about you and your family. No we won't. I, I will talk shit about you and your family, but I will appreciate it at the end of the day. <laughs>
0: That's right. With that being said, if you want to check out some other podcasts that we have at United Cypher, um, you can check out motion picture meltdown, which is another podcast that I do regularly. Joel is on every once in a while. Um, My snarky comments to your co-hosts are
1: semi-regular.
0: Yeah. 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 In that podcast, we just break down a couple movies a week and, uh, you know, roast the hell out of them. Check out talks over games. You can check out the anime alphabet, um, and music video countdown. If you want to listen to some other podcasts out there that, uh, we promote um check out nerdonomy check out the whiskey reel uh listen to sean versus wild and uh if you were into return of the living podcast uh jared from that show has a newer podcast called code yellow a scare actors podcast and uh with that being said i'm steven i'm joel and make sure you stay evil